sold my soul to the bottle Still none of my friends have left me yet I'm the same man I was since the age of 13 And I've lived my life with no regrets If you're looking for some freedom All it takes is ten drinks minimum If you're looking for right And raise your glass Cause time's happening much too fast If you wanna slow it down Make sure you stick around And who knows, maybe you'll get in the last If you're looking for some freedom All it takes is ten Looking for rhyme or reason All it takes is ten drinks All it takes is ten drinks All it takes is ten drinks Minimum Welcome to Ten Drink Minimum. I am Chris. James is here. Hello. We have Chase in the studio with us. Hey. Just to, you know... And we have one, we have a guest, but we don't. You know, that's fine. You're not on camera yet. No one knows. No one can see you. It could. Who knows? Nerdos. This could be an attractive woman. You know. I mean, it might be. Who knows? Who knows? Is this mic on? It is. It's on. You, you need to pull it close to you, though. You, you don't want to talk yet. Unveiling the mystery. Unveiling the mystery. Shrouded in mystery. Shrouding it. So it could be. Could be, I don't know, could be some dude. Just we walked up and he was on the street outside. I don't know. Mm. Before, before we, re- let's not reveal that right away. Yeah, yeah, let's save that and we'll tease it for later. We've got our, um, who knows? They even said in the chat, I'm who good knows? at teasing. Good at teasing. <laughs> We've got our field correspondent here. Chase. Is it fair to call him our, our field correspondent? <laughs> yeah, it's fair enough. It's fair enough. Yeah. It has it been since, you know, how was the 10 hour show for you? Um, what I made it about five of the ten hours. Yeah, got pretty drunk, ran did, off. How how much did you left? Yeah, how I much left. recovery time did you have to take? Uh, recovered at least two days. Mine was about a week. I was hurting really badly. I did ten oh, hours of fucking show. I mean, I'm bring up the age difference. I'm still got a little vitality. Yeah, talk on the mic. Don't look at me. That, Don't look true. at me. That's true. Mine, Be professional. Uh, mine mine was like. Mine was a little over three days Yeah, before I didn't just wake up and be like, well... I'll give a little hint. The guest that we have in the studio, she was on the show for the 10-hour marathon. If you listened in... I'm sorry, did I say she? I meant them. It. It. <laughs> Possibilities. It was on the show. Yeah. It was on the show. No, I'm going to unveil because I have some questions. I have questions. So returning guest, we have... Unji. I'm going to put you on camera right now so people can see you. Ooh. You are now suck it in, boys. Live, yeah. Unji Davila here. Suck it, suck, suck, suck in what you need to. Push out what you need to. Do whoa, woohoo, hoorah! I keep getting kidnapped by these boys and brought to this weird little house in Martinez Town, where there's all these like in the ghetto. There's all these microphones and there's a green screen. And I just I'm like, oh, there's beer. And I believe that's a casting couch. Drink. Oh, that's a cat. There's a casting couch. They keep telling me I'm going to be famous. Yeah. <laughs> we're all we're all so. Why do you want to be in the movies? Oh, blah blah blah. Do you have a boyfriend? I'm married. <laughs> Definitely not married. Unji. Someone just screamed out Unji in the chat. Really? What's his name? Bradford Thomas Hey, Bradford! You little fucking weirdo. Oh, Bradford. I know that bizarre man. (laughs) But not too intimately. I just at a distance. Yeah, you never. He didn't throw you in a well and threaten to put lotion on your skin? You know that's yet to happen, but hey. There is time. Mm. I invite all the weirdness. So, is this the same Bradford that used to be my neighbor? You know yes. Bradford. You don't know Bradford. Everybody oh, knows okay. fucking Bradford. Oh, yeah. Who doesn't? Just you know? making sure. 
I mean, I have all his tax information and his social security number, He's got but a black cat. <laughs> just making sure it's the same. Just one. making sure you're not going to ruin his life with my, you know, stealing of identities. So, um, if if you guys don't remember from the uh, ten hour fucking podcast we did a couple weeks ago, Unji puts together a festival in Tucumcari, New Mexico, called Rockabilly on the Roots. Yes, Is that sir. right? Uh, that's correct. So. That's where I would had some questions. Oh, I love questions. So you guys threatened to sue <laughs> the city of Tucumcari. Is this correct? Homeboy did his research. Yeah. Oh, he does. Were How much time do you articles? have, Mister? Oh, I've got two hours. Yeah, we got two hours here. All right, let me give you the the cliff notes, the elevator yeah. pitch. So basically, what happened is that one of the city commissioners approached our MC out of Georgia. He's with Hot Pants Production out of Atlanta, Georgia, about taking over Rockabilly on the route next year because we had decided we needed a year off. People don't quite realize or understand that Simon and I basically run the whole festival ourselves with um, a bunch of amazing volunteers that help us out the actual weekend of. We're not a corporation. We're not getting rich like literally eating cat food over here. Um, but they don't want to lose out on that sure. revenue. But they get revenue. Everyone's basically getting rich with us. But uh, So apparently, one of the city commissioners approached this production company mm-hmm. about doing a festival to take over our not being there next year. Nobody bothered to approach us about it. We have what I thought were really great relationships with both. They were just going to undercut you. They were, going, they were pitching at a, a Lodgers Tax Board meeting um, a rockin' Route 66 event the first weekend of June, which okay. is basically exactly same the thing. same thing. The proposal was identical to ours. We showed it to our lawyer, and he said, this is a case-closed uh, intellectual property Whoa. Um, infringement, okay. and you have common law trademark rights, and there's no way that this can fly. So Interesting. I went up there as a mama bear. I got my bitch on, and I said, you know what? We have repeatedly told you that you can't do this. You've chosen to ignore us and disrespect us in this yeah. manner, so go ahead. Give it a whirl. See what happens. So, okay. So they're... they're let, me, let me see if I get this right. So they're afraid they're going to lose out on just a year's revenue. Correct. And, and from what I understand, like the, the hotels got involved. They were like, oh, this is how much money we made. The restaurants well, got involved. This is how much money we made. The bars got involved. This is how much money we made. And they're all sweating. You know, that weekend, they, they made about ten grand each, probably more. So, I mean, there's a lot of boring aspects about mm-hmm. this. And I'm going to try and just sure, give no, you the cliff yeah. notes on that. But... Uh, our funding that came from the city of Tucumcari came from okay. the Lodgers Tax Board, and the Lodgers Tax Board comes solely from motels. It's a, sp- it's a tax that you pay when you stay at a motel, a certain amount of tax that is paid to the city, and that tax that goes to the city from sure. motels and hotels is specifically allotted for advertising. Oh, I gotcha. All of the other, the bars, the restaurants, the other people that profit in town from events such as Rocky Road. They, they the do route, nothing to help put the event on. That's not entirely true. Okay. We do offer sponsorship packages. They buy those sponsorship packages, and in return, they get a certain amount, depending on the package that they buy, of advertising during the festival. So they're purchasing a product from us, which is an advertising product, which is tax deductible. Okay. But as far as city funding, that comes solely from lodgers tax, which is the hotels. Now... What the other entity was proposing was a five-year contract at $25,000 a year, Yeah, which is a contract that we've never been approached with. We've never oh, had... Oh, hold on. Stop that. So, so they have never offered to pay you any money, and they, they were going to just completely take your well, event and then pay this other group money. Kind of. They've yeah. never um, approached us... In a professional manner, sure. the city has never approached us about having any kind of long-term contract with a set amount of, of money guaranteed. Every year we put in a, a proposal and we get whatever we get out of that funding. 
um, this other entity was proposing that they got this amount of money mm-hmm. and for this amount of time, which is a lot more. It was a five-year contract right, that they right. were proposing, which is a lot more than just a filler year. So, I mean, I really feel that it was a case-closed situation of somebody assuming that we had profit in something when we really don't. Oh, they, they thought you, know, you really guys were just, doing this. They thought you were just taking money and leaving. Well, I think they I think because so many people profit from this event that they assumed that my partner and I were making a lot of money that we weren't reporting, which is not the case. Kay. This has always been a benefit for the Route 66 Museum, which is a grassroots museum in Tucumcari, and it's mm-hmm. always been a benefit for that. So we pay the museum. Kay. We pay our volunteers. We pay um, our bands. We pay our performers. Mm-hmm. We pay our venues. And then we pay ourselves. At so we really come home with nothing. Right. And for whatever reason, nobody seems to believe that. And so on the one hand, it's like, you want to put on a festival and you think you can do this? Go ahead. I would like to see you survive on $300 for like right. the next two months. Because right. that's what I've been doing. You know right. what I mean? Um, and on the other hand, this is, you know, it's a brand and it's a business mm-hmm. that we have built for the last six years. Yeah. Um, and the integrity of that is very important to us. And we aren't opposed to other people coming into Tucumcari and putting on events. We support that and we would love to help But when that. it's almost identical to what you're doing. When it causes confusion with our consumer base. Yeah. And that's detrimental to us as a brand. That's an issue for us. Okay. If they had proposed it for a different time of the year, different format, that would sure. have been fine. But it was pretty much identical and that's where the issue arrived and also because there was no communication with us about it no approval in fact the only communication that happened was us saying repeatedly if this were to go through it would be a violation of our intellectual property rights and we would have issue with it why don't you do one of these other festivals a different time of the year have multiple have you know you can do i mean a year is a long time have three who gives a shit, you know? Exactly, exactly. But that wasn't the case. So so I went in there. You know, I came out. Some people were singing my praises. Some people think that I'm like the bitch of the West. Mm-hmm. But I mean, that's well, my business and that's my baby. What stops, them, what stops them from just firing you and saying, we don't want you to do it here ever again? Well, I think that that's a moot point because mm-hmm. we told them, we you know, we need to take a year off. We need to okay. reexamine we need to re-examine the financial structure of this okay. to make it sustainable, to make it mutually profitable for both our production company and the city. I got gotcha. you. We need so that So you can year. make money. Yeah. Um, and then after that, we're going to take this year to decide whether or not this is something we want to continue in the future. Um, professionally, what somebody could do is approach us about buying the rights to Rockabilly on the Route, approach us about assuming the intellectual property legally. That conversation was never had. So basically, we wanted to respectfully take a year off so that we could either decide if this was something profitable for us in the city or not, and we were sort of blindsided by this other proposal. Ah, so they didn't even come to you, they just went straight to another place. Pretty much, yeah. And I mean, I don't know how much I can say legally, I feel like sure, I've said yeah, a lot. I, I would, but, yeah, I'd be careful if you, if you really um, have to. But basically, uh, we love we love Tucumcari, and if we didn't, we have wouldn't have done this for five years. Yeah. And we very much believe in this product and and this place, this venue, which is Tucum Carry, mm-hmm. and we love it. And but we felt, in order to continue it, because it's gotten it's gotten so big. I mean, oh my God, the first year we did it, we didn't know what we were doing, and it was like a few hundred people. And in five years, it's grown to thousands of people. Yeah, I mean, it's grown as, to ca- capacity. Too, yeah, it's grown to especially like, in a town where there's nothing. Really exactly, there, you know? and it's grown to like capacity events, and and there's there's safety issues, there's legal issues, and we could come in next year, and and ultimately totally screw ourselves over by having legal like safety issues, and mm-hmm. you know because it's gotten that big, and I think. Sure responsibly what we we did we, we took the responsible action of saying we need to take a year off and re-examine this it's i see what you're saying I big enough that like, we ah, need I'm to tired. we're gonna take a year off but no yeah, you're, you're, i mean we are tired but also we're like we need to really analyze this and see what we're doing because we don't want to get in trouble we don't want to compare well, to get in trouble and i feel like that was communicated 
Um, okay. And it was ignored. And it wasn't ignored by the city of Tucumcari. It was only a select couple right, of right, people right, right. that thought that they could come in very, oh, you know, that, that, debonair. That's, that's life itself is where you see sure. these people where they're like, you well, know that's what? That's never I, happened to us. Oh, where someone could just go, you know, these guys are doing really good with what they're doing. I should just go ahead and just take everything that well, they're just, doing yeah, and do it myself as well. One up it. Yeah. I um, mean, and... um. Yeah. I, I, I mean, it's it's silly. Um, I mean, in a way, it's flattering that somebody could think, that, "Oh, you, yeah. you know, finally get that recognition that yes, we have brought something to the city." Um, but as I said in, in in my statement, my my you know my legal statement to the board was that this isn't feasible. It's not feasible monetarily, structurally, nothing. This company doesn't have any of our connections. Right. They don't have, they haven't built the brand. You, you haven't said the There's, correct thing though. They're not from fucking New Mexico. Well, they're not, I mean, they're not even on Route 66. They don't even know what the fuck it is. They're just here to make money and get the fuck out. <laughs> Let's be honest. But the, the, the funny thing, like the funny thing is that they're not going to make any money. Right. It's like you're going to destroy right. our brand. And that's probably You're going to destroy a festival and you guys are going to go under. Yeah. Because not everybody is like me. Not everybody can survive on three hundred dollars, like a fucking cockroach, right. and live and and you know like rile up out of the ashes mm-hmm. to like prevail. That's a special thing, and that's the thing that my partner and I have that a lot of people don't. Because we're like we're crazy artists. Well, you're from New Mexico. That's how we are. Yeah, pretty exactly. Orale. like yeah. You can't put us down. We're it's like people just are like oh we're the poor coming. state in the nation, and it's like yeah I know we know we all know. It's like, you know, when you're like, you know, my paychecks, you know, let's stop for a second here. Let me explain New Mexico to people. It's like, it's like paycheck to paycheck is what we know. And then sometimes it's like, it's like, you know, you don't make that. Sometimes it's worse than that. Yes. But then everyone knows (laughs) they know how to eat fucking ramen. They know how to eat, you know, cheap lunch meat. We know what's up. We know how to make hot dogs. Everyone's got a crock pot in their house. Fucking they're like, A. They're like, mm-hmm, that crock pot go. keeps me alive. Hell man. yeah, I have two. I have two, a small oh, and a big. Ten ten dollars will keep me fed all week. Yeah, that's that's. Good. that's uh, you know what? If there's a fuck, if they invade the United States, worst place they can come is here. So we just yeah. buckle down and just like, oh, we got we got well, we got food in the pantry. I mean, we're all right. We got beans. As I mean, frustrated I mean, as I get with this the state, sometimes that's absolutely true because that's exactly how I grew up yeah. and. I mean, I you look make at, a pot of beans, and that's like a week. No, exactly. And yeah. I mean, this is taking it to a whole other, a whole other like thing past what we were just talking about. Yeah. But um, that's how we live. We have a certain survival s- instinct in New yeah. Mexico because we've always been poor. We've always yeah. been put upon. We've always been a minority state. They didn't even want to make New Mexico a state until you know, relatively recently compared to the other states. Right. And. Um, I don't even it's think we are. It's that kind of like scrappiness. Yes. That makes us like we might fight each other, but at the end of the day, like we're all New Mexicans, and that like weird like yeah. community, it goes a long ways. And I I, I, I don't think you have a lot of other states where people get like the flag tattooed on them. Like I, I got I it. Like oh no, I got it. On I my, it was my so. first tattoo I got on my body. Yeah. I'm like I am New Mexican. I will always be New Mexican. Yeah. People don't get that. From you don't have places. like this is my tattoo. I'm from Rhode Island. You just don't have that. It's like people here are crazy about that stuff. And it's like you want, you know, we'll, we'll, back, we'll bend over for a lot of things. But if you talk shit about the state of New Mexico, you, you'll probably get shot. Well, and then, you know, before there was Rockabilly in the Root or simultaneously, I, I published my own magazine. It was La Loca magazine. And every month we had kind of a different theme. And it was all arts and Americana. It had a sure. pin-up vibe to it. But one of the issues that I was called to do, it was, it was really just like a working art project, like whatever I was interested in, I would do an issue on. And I did an issue on La Raza. And <laughs> yeah, and the whole like issue and like. That's probably like the most like t- like bought <laughs> issue or stolen or whatever. <laughs> it was ama- I know you're, I, I literally have like two issues left. I have boxes of everything else, but like the La Raza <laughs> issue like went like that. Yeah. And But that's the thing about New Mexico yeah. is. We're just like this kind of like people are going to like this very much, but we're an outlaw state. Yeah. And it's because we have this incredible history of colonization, of resistance, yep. whether it be the conquistadors or the yeah. you know, the Navajos, I'm Navajo, mm-hmm. or the Pueblos. 
It all came together in such a way in New Mexico, and you look at the history of la raza, which means the race, and mm -hmm. and it's all about how New Mexico at that time was the only place in the world where the Spaniards and the Native Americans were mixing right. and creating a race that had literally never been created well, on Earth. It's and the one thing too. I, I, I studied history, and I mean, in college, I was that was my major. And New Mexico was a big focus, and it's also one of it's like one of the only real states. I mean, I mean, some California too, where you definitely have the Spanish roots that come back from Spain, like Absolutely. just straight all the way through. You have families because I mean, this was you know this was a fort. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, up until recently, there were literally there were Spanish mm -hmm. linguists that were coming to New Mexico to yeah. study. The Spanish that was spoken in right. parts of, you know, rural northern New Mexico because it was basically like the Spanish version of Old English. It was so archaic. There's there's that. Mm -hmm. And there's also like during the Inquisition when Spain and in a lot of Europe, they were they were expelling the Moors and expelling the Jews. Yes. Uh, the Jews fled That's to me. Mexico. That's me. And so then when they were in Mexico and the Inquisition started to spill into Mexico, they came up to New Mexico. So you have these families, and I may be even outing some of them right now. Where if you have a Z as your last name, if mm -hmm. you're a Chavez yes. with a Z, you're, you're Jewish. Yeah, crypto Jew. Yeah. And so these families will grow up, and they're like, yeah, for Christmas, you know, Mima, she would, uh, she would uh, uh, light the, the, you know, the candles for Christmas. And you're like, what do you mean light the candles? You know, like you do, light the candles for Christmas. No, it's a fascinating, it's a fascinating <laughs> you know, history. It, it's like, what I do you mean, mean like the, the, the eight candles on the, on the candelabra? And you're like, you well, mean the Chris, menorah? The, mm -hmm. If you go to Santa Fe to the cathedral mm -hmm. on the plaza, you will see a star of David. Yeah. 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 It's because the, the Jewish people were the ones right. funding all of this stuff because of the crypto Jews. And I mean, I grew up my entire life looking at these black and white pictures of my, my, I, my paternal grandparents yeah. on the wall and I'm like they look Jewish and it was never like you don't <laughs> right. talk about it and yeah. then at some point like in my early adulthood somebody was finally like started talking about yeah, crypto Jews because you, you couldn't and then my dad uh, I mean he's in my my father is just, he's a truly amazing right. like cowboy outlaw he, like he's he's great he's my dad um, he decided he's like I'm gonna take you to the like to the fatherland and show you. So he went to southern Spain and in Cordova and Sevilla, yeah. Toledo, Granada, all of those places. There is a square mm -hmm. in each city that's dedicated to the Sephardic Jews. Sure, correct. And it was incredible to see that as somebody who comes from Sephardic Jewish roots, because in New Mexico and America. It's like it's very hush hush, and to go to Spain and to see people that look just like me because it's a melting pot mm -hmm. of Moorish and Arabic or, and yeah. everybody, and I'm like, oh my god, like this is who I am, this is who I am as a person, and I wish that so many more New Mexicans knew yeah. knew that 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 the Sephardic Jews, and then of course there's this this weird stigma of Jewish is like it just looks a certain way, right. Whereas the Sephardic Jews were a band of Jews in southern Spain, and and they wear like these veils mm -hmm. on their heads traditionally with coins. They look the way when we dress up as gypsies for Halloween. That's basically right. as the Sephardic Jews when, look. When you when you went they, to Spain, how weird was it to you when you'd see like a Spanish person and they were they were white? Well, I mean, I went over there already knowing, but yeah. I mean, there were white people. Like we went to. So my last name is Davila, which is de. Avila. Mm -hmm. So we had a few extra days. We decided to take the train up to Avila because my dad wanted to see where our people come from. And we were so blown away to find that they were blonde and blue eyed, blue -eyed. and fair skinned. Castilian. Like the, yes, that's Castillano. the original Spanish. Yeah. And we had been down in the southern part of Spain where everybody is dark haired <laughs> and looks like New Mexican. Right. So we like, we look like, we're still not like really sure to do with that. We're it's like, really interesting. Like it <laughs> kind of blows you away a little bit. You're like, oh, wow. And you just realize, like, we think we're Spanish and we think we're this and we think we're that and we're not it we're ever like we're everything because the world has been trading for thousands right. and thousands so of years when and I was, it's when silly I was in to college, think we're pure anything when I was in college I had this anthropology professor <laughs> Dr. Hawk he was the guy that like you took his class even though you weren't doing <laughs> anthropology because yeah. everyone was like go take this class and you know he would cuss and all that stuff so then he'd be like all right, who thinks they're pure Spanish in here? <laughs> and you'd have like the like the Spanish fraternity. Because there is no pure Spanish. Right. And then they'd raise their hand and he'd go, 
Well, you better. He's like, you better fucking recognize, because every every race has gone through Spain and dropped their drawers at least once. <laughs> like he just see their face. They're like, what the fuck? But then in the same like vein, like later in the class, he was like, all right, who who's a Christian in here? You know, there's a raise their hand. He goes, I want you to grab your shoulders so you can pull your head out of your ass. It's ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of true. And I never, I mean, oh. I, I like went to college and, and high school in Santa Fe. Yeah. And Santa Fe is the place where like either you're Mexican or you're Spanish. Yeah. And you do not get those mixed. And I grew up oh, where and like. And if you call someone Mexican that's Spanish, weird. they will flip out. Yeah, it's, it's a, that's a whole other conversation. But that's where I went a to weird, high school and college. Yeah. So when I went to Spain with my father and I realized that Spain is a melting pot of Moors and uh, yep. Arabs and Germans and eight hundred years everybody like you've got everybody it literally looks like mm-hmm. New Mexico like you got everybody from blue eyed people with like wavy hair yeah. to like dark eyed people with I mean it's it's crazy and so I mean it's a beautiful thing it's a beautiful thing to recognize yeah. that and be like True wow romance. you know I come from as a Spanish New Mexican and also acknowledging that I am Sephardic Jewish and yeah. Spanish because my my grandmother was a red-headed Spaniard, so she was whatever oh, God makes that. <laughs> you know, Irish, really, a little Irish. Yeah, it's like a little potato. And then I'm Navajo and I'm Scotch Irish, so yeah. you know, it's like I am a I'm a member of the world. You know, I'm not this well, or I'm not that. I'm not Spanish. I'm not Jewish. I'm not yeah. Scotch Irish. I mean, sure, I can claim all of those things, but really, it makes you when you're so globalized like that. Yeah. It really gives you this other compassion for being just a human. You makes, know? You, makes you want to do that that swab thing where you send it off and they tell you. No, it you. doesn't. It doesn't, Chris. What I'm trying to say is that it, <laughs> it makes you connect to your human family because we're all just mutts. Right. We're all just a bunch of mutts. It doesn't matter what you are. Like That's what people need to figure out. We all have that same, yeah, but, same uh, connection. It doesn't matter that Chase over here has blue eyes. I'm Irish and he's Irish. Yeah, I'm Irish. Smiley is Navajo Irish. and Irish, and Irish. I'm Navajo and Irish. Chris but is Irish, Irish and I'm I, Irish. I, I, okay. So what are we gonna? We're gonna get in a war. We're gonna get in a fight about has this. Like you such know? a history, though. That's why people want to be a part of that club. Right. Like yeah, just to have a background story. Beers like, being these Irish. Are my people. You wanna you wanna contract? Okay. Yeah. So weirdly, so I mean, we've kind of got off topic of the Tukumari thing, but now I'm kind of in. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm full <laughs> we off, yeah. So so I did some white shit this week. I went to a Celtic uh, day and they sure. had pipes oh. and they had drums. Did you throw a log? I wanted to. Oh, yeah. that shit's so hard. And Billy was like, you're really into this, aren't you? Have I said, you yeah, this is white guys? people's shit. And so we came back and we watched Braveheart. So it's <laughs> all about going back to the tribes. Everybody wants to go back to their tribe. They want to get all the way back. So the weirdest crazy shit is, is my family, like when I was in the 80s, my family paid a lot of money and had someone do the genealogy on my dad's sure. side. And they took it all the way back. And here's how, I'll, I'll, let me tell you how white I am. So they took it back on my father's father's side they literally took it back to someone who walked off the mayflower that is <laughs> on my family sure. then so so english right yeah then on my grandmother's side irish mm-hmm. well i don't know if you know the history there oh i know but the there history. was a fucking bad day is somewhere bad day in there. Ireland? Uh, they went you're marrying who i don't mm-hmm. fucking think so and so people probably got murdered because yeah. Both of those sides hate each other. Well, probably yeah. why and they had to hop onto a boat yeah. to go to a different place. <laughs> Country, right. Because they're like, ah, oh, you know, this isn't going to work out here because everyone's going to well, die. Right. And in my, my family, our history goes back to being one of King Ferdinand's illegitimate children. Oh, so nice. So whatever that means. Very nice. But, I mean, I don't know. I think and it's, we're all related it's to great Genghis to have a Khan. cultural appreciation, but also recognize the fact that we're all basically c- coming from the same place. You I should know? make that mean. We're all going to be the same thing. Yeah. So this whole like, well, I mean, racial whole... purity thing yeah. is bullshit. Sorry, Earth got really small in right. the last century. Well, I mean, just look at the Genghis that. Khan thing. I mean, how many people are, their genealogy goes all the way back to Genghis Khan? You know, I can't even remember what it is. It's like that's so many people. That's because he had over 500 children. Oh, yeah. Like a like a, I don't know if you guys watch uh, uh, Silicon Valley, but there's like that one guy. He's like pointing at the one dude, and he's all, "This guy fucks." Yeah, you you fuck, don't you? I want to I make that meme and like have him pointing at the like, Genghis Khan. This guy fucks, <laughs> don't you? That's right. Uh, Genghis Khan probably has like more than half a dozen direct male line descendants from himself. 
I mean, like, what's your show about? Um, well, today it's about the genealogy and like how great it is to be from New Mexico. Some kind, sometimes Smiley talks about some of the worst parts of it, but no, we no. were kind of. So today it's about genealogy and how you're you're okay, even though you're white. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. If you're white, you're still related to Genghis Khan. So, so let me let me let me ask Chase this: When you hear bagpipes, do you just like get excited, or is it like, eh? Yeah, no, I do. My brother bashes that stuff into my head. We play Irish music. Oh, I thought you say your brother bashes it. Yeah, he ruins a lot of things for me. Um, I hate Star Wars. I'm pretty soon to stop listening to Irish. He he goes over the top, but I definitely um, when I hear bagpipes, yes, I get excited. Yeah, man, I went. I love. I went to the Kelp Fest here in Albuquerque, and um, I wish it was more. But just watching those guys. Like practicing to throw the logs. Oh, no, the, what do they call that? I, like, the, I can't even think of what it is, but yeah, it, it's so crazy. And, and that's more of a, even of a Scottish thing, I believe. I'm, I'm, Could I'm, be. I'm, 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 I believe everybody Celts, just kind of melds that together now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Celtic, well, Celtic culture came over, and then it got like the Celts. Well, they sent, got, already got. They um, sent a lot of like Christian Irish, Puritans Scottish, to Scotland because that was the better land. Irish, Scottish, and Welsh yeah. all have aspects of Celtic. Yeah. Uh, anyway, well, yeah, yeah. yeah we going to it all day. But. Let me, let me, let me ask Unji this. So, yes. just to kind of like dance around it and say it, so you don't don't dance, darling. Just ask. No, I don't want to. I don't want to cause problems. So, why did you choose the city of Tucumcari in the first oh. place? <laughs> well, I don't know where the dancing was at because that's pretty straightforward. So, because I, I didn't, didn't want to say, could I you have... just fucking leave to go if you wanted to? Well, <laughs> I'm being nice. <laughs> no, no, no. So here's the thing. Um, I really like kind of hung up on American history, especially in mid-century, and I feel like World War II and you know Route 66 as a product of that are, are very fundamental parts of our American history. World War II was kind of the the, the turning point in well, in the college world, in the, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know the theologian, yeah, that that thing. It's like you know postmodernism. Sure, it began with World War II, and that's all about like the loss of innocence, and we went from riding horse and chariot to driving automobiles. Sure. And so much change. Grapes of wrath, all exactly. that happiness. Ex- oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. Steinbeck. Mm, yes. Mm-hmm. But all of that all happened during that time frame. Oh, sure. And to me, the like, there were... The Great Expansion West. Yes. And Manifest Destiny. Go West. There was the... Um, there was, you know, colonization, the Mayflower, and all of, you know, all of that. Sure. And then there was World War Two. To me, <laughs> that's quite the that's quite to the me. leap. There was also another one in there. There was there was the you know the, of course there was the Civil War, but that didn't really have a lot. But Wonder lot Woman, Wonder me. Woman stopped World War One. We learned yeah, that. Well, you know, you go, girl. We learned this. But in terms of like things shifting dramatically in all aspects of civilization, I think World War Two was a huge turning point for the world, but also the United States. So from that, of course, came all sorts of things: atomic energy, yeah, the, the nuclear the, family. N- yes, the nuclear family. You know, Route sixty six came from that because they saw the Audubon and the you know the mm-hmm. speed of travel on that, and they wanted to create something like that in the United States. Sure. And then, f- because there was the central vein going, you know, through the United States, then all of a sudden people could leave their farms and go to the city. So this not could had to had to could and had right. to were able to um and so this that's where globalization started but on a very on a in, you know on a, 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 a national domestic level of people leaving the farms and going to the cities so then you, you had canned foods all of a sudden there was advertising in ways that you never saw advertising and then all of a sudden there was rock and roll music that's right it's because all of a sudden these ideas that were never allowed to leave the Appalachians couldn't mix with the Creole yeah couldn't mix with the Native Americans the couldn't mix with mixing. the blacks and it and all of this all of a sudden because of Route 66 and because of this sudden national globalization mm-hmm. these ideas can mix and so yes there were a lot of terrible things that came of that but there were some really beautiful things blues music came well, gospel the, music came if, rock and roll came Elvis Presley came 
So have you seen the country music documentary that is on Netflix right now? Uh, no. Amazing. Amazing. <laughs> what is it? So I, I just recently watched this. Because of Route 66 mm-hmm. and, you know, the the depression, Yeah, there are three schools of country music sure. in this country. There's the Nashville sound. Yeah. There's the Austin sound. Yeah. And do you know the third? Memphis. Bakersfield, California. Oh, Bakersfield. Where you know what? You know Dwight Wilkham, Bakersfield boy, Merle one of Haggard. my favorites. Merle Haggard. You know, Merle Haggard was in, and they tell this, like, so his, so all of those Okies mm-hmm. couldn't, you know, they couldn't survive in Oklahoma because of the depression. Sure. So they moved to Bakersfield, but they still wanted the country music. And uh, yeah. Merle Haggard was a little thug in Bakersfield, <laughs> went to San Quentin, saw Johnny Cash come to San Quentin, and yeah. he went, he went, holy shit, this is amazing. No. I want to do oh, this. My God. Bakersfield sound. You just... You know, you really just, I'm going to not try to wax too poetic, but you tip me off on like one of my biggest passions in life, yeah. and that is American music. Yeah. Because there's nowhere else in the world. And blues. That that, there's no more American no, that, than blues. That combination, um, the African tradition, the Africans brought banjos. Mm-hmm. Oh, so that's in that documentary. They start out in Africa. Yeah. And it's, it's no, it's, the African music mm-hmm. came and it mixed with Native American music and, and it mixed with Irish music yeah. and it became American music. There Mount, was it, well, it became no, mountain music first, but it's American music. Well, sure. There's yeah. nowhere else in the world right. that rock and roll could have been created because no. of a lot of really dark and horrible colonizing things that happened in America. Yeah. I always look at that because I'm Native American. And I think a lot about colonization, but I think, you know what? At least we got rock and roll. Yeah, well, and we've created so much Amer- amazing American music because of that. That has inspired the whole world. It inspired the free love movement. Mm-hmm. It inspired the protests against the Vietnam War. Sure. I yeah. mean, you look at any major political movement that has happened in America, and music has been behind it. And if oh, you look at sure. that music and you break it down, it all goes back to those three fundamental those three. elements. Yeah. And that makes me every day wake up and say, God bless America. I don't care where our politics are. As long as we have good music, I know this country is thriving. Right. And you should watch that documentary because one of the first members of the Grand Ole Opry was a black guy. And that blew me away. I was like, wow, no shit. Like the one music you think is racist as shit, country music. Well, that's kind of one of my soapboxes, Chris, is that... Uh, radio was one of the first uh, places in America where segregation ended. Yeah. When they started playing black, yeah. you know, so-called black music with white music, it was happening in Nashville. It was happening. Mm-hmm. I can't, you know, I'm not so good with all of the facts and dates, yeah. but those first radio stations, they were playing all of. The Rolling Stones came to America to play with Muddy Waters. That's right, and he was a janitor at Chess Records. He. Picked up the Rolling Stones baggage. I read. I freaking read Keith Richards' autobiography, and he talks about that. And he goes, "The that autobiography is amazing. If anyone has a chance to read Life, do it. It's incredible." But and I was driving through the South when Mm -hmm. I read it, even more amazing. But the thing that he says in that that got me the most was the most important thing that we did for America and for Mm -hmm. the world was give back America. American the, the blues, yeah. music. They took them over to Europe, and yeah. Well, okay. Yes. Here's 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 to me, and I mean we were probably you know I don't know if you know, these guys are probably bored, but uh, <laughs> I'll really I'm really gonna wax poetic on 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 Please how do. how America has changed in since the '60s slash '70s. So when Charlie Pride came out, they heard Charlie Pride sing, and. Charlie Pride was singing, and they're like, "This guy is amazing, right?" There's not a double wine. Just, just, just give me, just give me a beer. She wants, she wants a banquet <laughs> I beer. I want to hear about chess. So Charlie Pride <laughs> or Charlie Pride, they, they heard his, you know, Charlie, who Charlie Pride is, right? Of course. Yeah. So they heard his records, and they're like, "Well, we need to sign this guy. He's amazing." So then he came in, and they were like, "Oof, he's black." Yeah, oh let's not do this. And so then finally, it took somebody like to put their foot down, and they're like, "No." This guy is amazing, and I'll put my life on the line that he's going to be amazing. And then he was. And who was that? Was that Chess? I, it, it was, no, no. But it was like, you know, so then I'm watching well, the other day. Well, it was those, Chris, it was those mm-hmm. early DJs. 
in the South, in mm-hmm. places like Memphis, which is my right. my second favorite place in the world, Memphis, Nashville, New Orleans, it was those DJs that had the fucking balls yeah. to play black music right. that began integration, that began the civil rights movement. And there is not enough credit that is given right. to those DJs because integration started in those yeah. studios. Absolutely it did. And it, it is a travesty that we don't talk about that in classrooms today. It is no. a, it, it kills me that we don't talk about that because music, it is what has made America free. It wasn't the wars we mm-hmm. fought. It's the music. Well, what, what trips me out is, is I watch this documentary. I see this, right? And this is in the 60s, right? So the other day I'm watching this HBO show with, about Dr. Dre. Uh-huh. Have you watched any of this? No, I live in Iraq. Just so, so Doctor Dre is telling the story <laughs> about when he discovered Eminem, mm-hmm. and so he's like, he, so Jimmy Ivy is this you know this Jewish guy you know big you know hit maker he you know he he signed Bruce Springsteen signed all these people, so he you know him and Doctor Dre are buddies. Yeah. And Dr. Dre's in his like office and there's just all these rap tapes out and he's Dr. Dre's just like fucking playing his tapes and he comes along this tape and he's like holy shit who is this person. Mm-hmm. And what had happened was is Eminem was doing a rap battle and someone had recorded it, a tape of it. Yeah. And then that guy worked at one of the record companies. He's like, hey, I was at this rap battle and you got to hear this guy. And Jimmy Ivey just threw it, you know, to the side. Mm-hmm. So Dr. Dre hears it, flies to Detroit, mm-hmm. hangs out with Eminem, or no, flies Eminem there to, to LA, sorry. Yeah. They're in his studio and he's like, yeah, man. He's like, I want to work with you. And he goes, I have some beats. And he starts playing them. And it's like, da, 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 da. And then all of a sudden, Eminem just starts firing out. He's like, hi, my name is. And they write that. They do that song in oh, like 20 wow. minutes. Mm-hmm. Blown away. Takes it back to the record company. And, and Dr. Dre goes, I want you to sign this guy right now before anyone else takes him. Oh, yeah. And they're like. Well, that's. You know what, Chris? Mm-hmm. If I may interject. Well, hold on. Let me, let me finish the story because okay. there's, there's a twist. Okay, to there's, this. okay, give me the twist because so, I'm like so excited right so now. So anyway, they're like, Dre, if you say so, awesome. And he goes, here's the guy. And they go, no. And he goes, why? And they go, he's white. <laughs> and Dre goes, okay. Goes home. And he's like, fuck. And then finally, Dre calls back in and he goes, fuck it. Because you want to fire me, that's fine. But we're signing this guy, and I was blown away. I was like, "Wow, that's the same story." Yeah, and it's there's like, a few plot twists that are a little different, but that's basically the Elvis yeah. Presley story. Yeah, Elvis nope. <laughs> was Elvis was, as I understand it, selling his mom's uppers to folks at Sun Studio, and all, and then got a little money, and he like did his own thing. Yeah, and they were like, "Holy shit, what is this?" And it's kind of the Eminem story. Yeah. Because the, it's just the way America is. You have yeah. to have the that white liaison yeah. between black music and white culture. What was funny was like, this and guy's not what, black. That's he what, can't play rap. Well, that's what Elvis did. Because yeah. he was playing black music with a white twist. That's exactly what, mm-hmm. uh, what uh, Eminem did. Yeah. He played black music with a white twist. Yeah. And I, I don't know. I mean, I don't really know how I feel about it. But I think... Ultimately, it's a good thing because it has helped to continue that integration. Yeah. And if we could just, I mean, I mean, not to get too political, but if we could continue that into that musical integration that we've been seeing for the last hundred years into all areas of our society, we would be fine. It, we would be Agreed. great. We would be doing awesome. But instead, we're having this this and them contest. Right, 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 right. Agreed. So. Getting back to the the story of of you guys, mm. so I mean, what? what so what's the reason I picked to compare, yeah. Um, well, it, it of course went back to my love of as I've been waxing poetic about is Route sixty six, and when Simon approached me about doing this festival, I'd already been to Carry and you know, for all of the trouble that we sometimes have in New Mexico with people not progressing, mm-hmm. sometimes it's great. 
to Kumkari had an amazing wealth of neon hotels and an Americana infrastructure is, yeah. that was still there that you don't see yeah. anywhere along Route 66. And and that's, you know, in the rockabilly community, there is this hunger to go back to that era. So to create a festival in a community where, you know, you're not in this enclosed area pretending that it's the 50s, where you're able to take over a town that already feels like <laughs> it's, it's like the, the 50s. 50s. <laughs> it's perfect. And we love, we've okay. always loved to, we love that place. And yeah. it, our appreciation for the characters there, the people, yeah. and then me, because Simon, Simon's from Charleston, and he brings in a whole amazing perspective. I grew up in a rural, cattle, raisin, ranching mm-hmm. community, and yeah, yeah. somewhere 10 times smaller than Duke and Perry. And I have seen the way that gentrification and um, capitalism have yeah. come into New Mexico and destroyed these small communities. And I am very much, this is my soapbox that I feel yeah. like, like, I'm like, I just want to tell the world. I grew up in a cattle ranching community. My uh. dad is a rancher. My dad has always, his entire life, made his living off the land. I love New Mexico. Our family has loved New Mexico for the last hundreds of generations. And we don't want to see Dollar Generals coming in. Yeah. KFCs coming yeah. in. Yeah. Because we believe... Because we got a lot of burger. Which <laughs> we is got, Mexi- well, first of all, we got a lot of burger. That's bitches. New Mexican. We got, we got barbecues. Hey, what's more New Mexican than but a lot I mean, of burger? Like, what? All we, we don't want to... <laughs> s- I, I mean, all personally, I don't want to see like these towns mm-hmm. that have their own culture that is yeah. something to give to the world. Not just America, but to the world. Yeah. Which is why all these Europeans travel through these places sell out to this bullshit American dream that is no longer a dream for anybody, no. but just a form of survival. And as somebody that grew up in very, very rural America, it is my passion to bring something to other rural New Mexican towns that is a sustainable way of capitalizing on what they already have. And the case of Toucan Carry, what they have is this incredible, rich, Route 66 Americana history that can exist anywhere else in the world. And Japan, you know, Norway, we had a band fly in for 12 hours just to play on Route 66 once. And they were probably ecstatic. Yes, because they to get it. On Route 66. So I, I too grew up in rural New Mexico. And uh, I, I lived about 35 miles from Tucumcari, New Mexico. Well, it was I'll actually. Be. It was actually the closest grocery store to my house. I know so that there story. Was many trips, <laughs> many trips to the Kmart, many trips to the Alco, many trips to the grocery store, and it, it is small town America, and it is one of those things where you you know, you know, they're right by a lake, mm-hmm. a really good one, if you mm-hmm. if for New Mexico standards. I mean, it's not you know, it is what it is. And, beautiful um, lake. It, it is one of those towns when I when I heard about the first time rockabilly on on the route three years ago, mm-hmm. when I first heard about this, I was like in Tucumcari of all places. Mm-hmm. And but I mean, it is Americana. You're right. So I watched this movie at uh, Robert Redford's movie festival two years ago about a VW bus, mm-hmm. and this guy was driving it from Chicago to L.A. and it broke down, mm-hmm. and it broke down and. Tucumcari, New Mexico. Oh. And it sat outside of a hotel for, for mm, I think, five years. And people uh, in the VW community, which is a very, like, staunch community of people. Yeah. Like, they yeah. keep, mm-hmm. they, there's a lot of forums. They would stop by and take photographs of this VW bus. Yeah. And it's really interesting like, to me, like, the appeal, like, I think the appeal of the small town is of the... It's a, it's it's a dual-edged sword. It, you you have people who've moved from the small town to the large city mm-hmm. that miss the small town. Then you have the people that grew up in the large city that go. They're like they've never lived in a small town yeah. and they want to see it and they want to. They mm-hmm. the, the, I don't know the the kitsch of it. The you know yeah no absolutely. So it is a good city. I mean it, it you know it's it's not just a truck stop. No, it's not. It's interesting. I mean, you know, I'm kind of there sad. Is, there's a culture in Tucumcari that is unlike anywhere else. I'm sad the six shooter shut down. 
because I always wanted to see the 86 I know, I never list. got to see that either. I wanted but to see the 86 list on the wall. Speaking <laughs> of what you just said, I just rented a movie out of the red box called mm-hmm. Priceless okay. uh, on a whim, and it was filmed completely in New Me- in Albuquerque in the media area. Yeah. And it's all, you see those long stretching roads, those... I ride those roads. Those empty panoramas. And I, I realize, I'm like, everybody's hungry. Yeah. Everybody's hungry to tell the American story. Yeah. The new American story. Sure. You can't tell the American story without a stretch of America to tell it on. No. And it, it occurred to me that that is, yes, New Mexico gives tax breaks to film companies okay. and all of that. But there's also, like, New Mexico provides those open stretches yeah. that are becoming more and more rare in the world. Well, eastern New Mexico, that's where I'm from. That's my home. Uh-huh. Now, in the last 30 years, what, are, what is one of the biggest westerns you've ever seen on television? Young Guns, yeah. which is about a criminal, I mean, one of the most famous criminals in the history of the West, New Mexico. Yeah. And then... If every year, uh, Fourth of July, one of the one of the biggest festivals is the Alien Festival in Roswell. Mm-hmm. I was at the fiftieth. Um, you, you know, whether <laughs> first and foremost, I feel you know, go to Roswell to visit. People always like whenever I leave, the, you know, New Mexico, and they go, "I'm from New Mexico." They go, "Oh, do you know Roswell?" And I'm like, "Yeah, I grew up an hour from there." How is it? And I go, "It's terrible." <laughs> I don't, I don't know how to explain it. <laughs> Uh, and they go, but what about places the, to visit? <laughs> yeah, they go. What about the alien stuff? I go, oh, it's terrible. <laughs> but I mean, touristy. It is. It it is like there's a mystique about it, I guess. Yeah. Uh, and then there's Carlsbad Caverns. There's definitely a mystique about the West. There's Route 66. Yeah. There's you know, Blackjack Ketchum's cave where they sure. you know they caught him and they hung him and his head popped off. And I've just noticed you know? a trend lately in cinema. Because I know, you know, New Mexico has been doing the film industry thing for yeah. a few years now, oh, right? Yeah. I'm noticing more and more a trend in cinema of there being these road trip stories or these West there, stories. There are. And they're not like Westerns. It's like these Americana, like in Priceless, for example. Sure. They had a classic car. Is this on Netflix? Uh, it was on Redbox. Oh, okay. That's where I got it. But they were driving a classic car or a motorcycle oh, yeah. and they're cruising up these old like route 66 motels in albuquerque but why wouldn't but you? it was like it was current day but i don't know I, I i honestly don't know how to articulate it but it's that like that yeah. feeling of nostalgia that i feel so many of us are hungry for because everything's becoming so plasticized that, they, that's and exactly globalized right. okay and we we want a little bit of culture in our own country well think about this what's a classic car the classic car to you to you, to you, to you, to you, is all going to be, you know, we all we all have that amalgam in our brain. You know, is it the 57 Chevy? Blah, blah, blah. But it's never going to be, I can't imagine this. I can't imagine someone's going to go, oh, wow, a 94 Tercel. Look at that. Yeah. Look at that amazing fucking beast on the road. What? There's never going to be that. The car will never be what it was. That's true. And the automobile industry it was basically will. created. I mean, Henry Ford was from yeah. the United States. And you look at those beautiful old Chevys with the wings. Yeah. Where do you go from Plymouth, that? Plymouth Where do you anything go from that? before like the, se- like the late 70s. It's poetry. That's what it is, is it's poetry. When you look at those, sh- you know, those Chevy, the Chevrolets, those Fords, those Plymouth, those Cadillacs, yeah. those winged beauties yes, driving down again. Route 66 with on a person in sight and a That's storm gathering on the horizon and a, a lit up neon on the horizon. What is that? That's poetry. Mm-hmm. It's visual poetry. Yeah. Once that poetry is gone, where how do you recreate that? Yeah, I mean, in movies, that's about it. Movies and books. And that's why I think it's coming on to movies, because it's the poetry yeah. of it. But you have to have it somewhere, and we have it in New Mexico, and I think that's beautiful. And I feel really bad, because the boys, I've been, like, waxing poetic <laughs> for, like, the last hour, and these boys are sitting here, and they're looking at me like, you're cut off. Uh, no, I just have to go to the bathroom. I'm oh, we're, ba- we're going to take a break. Actually, <laughs> I don't want to have a cigarette. We're going to take a break. Oh we're going to take a Thank break. Thank you here. all for listening to my diatribes. I love America. God bless it. <laughs> Sometimes I, that's what like people go. What's your show about? And I go. Oh, the show's about people. I'm gonna start genealogy and, and uh, people, yeah. U.S. history. That's what I'm gonna start saying to people. I'm like, I love about, rock and roll. It's I love about America. People. 
Americana, a lot of rock and roll. Everybody goes, your show's about beer. And, it, and it's not. I, no. I really hate that. Yeah, no, I hate oh, that. Oh, you too. beer podcasts need to... And I'm like, we're not well, a beer podcast. No, our show's about... Our you want to hand me so, a bunch of beer? So much more than New I Mexico, I can't remember an episode everybody. that was all based on beer. Even bringing in um, distillers Nobody and stuff. You talk about, about their stories. Long. Yeah. And and what they've been... Yeah. You know what? I'm going to start telling people that. What you show about? About stories. Though I, though I will say this. Here, here is something that happens to me that I, I guarantee happen, does not happen to about 90% of you people. I get, a, I get a message earlier today. It's like, hey, can you come by my house and pick up a bunch of beer before I throw it away? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Somebody, and I went. Somebody's quitting. And then Someone's I went. No, up. then I went. Then I went. Why would you throw beer away? And they go, I have way too much. <laughs> good, good problem. Where is this beer? You have like five. I would no because I couldn't get there oh, to go okay. pick it up. Yes. And then that's why I messaged you guys. I'm picking it up tomorrow night. But okay. uh, I have a friend who works for one of the distributors, and he's like, I just just too much beer. He, he they they get <laughs> they get these loose packs. Like that's why someone's always like, how do you who leaves beer on your porch? And I go. The ferry, the ferry, but it is it, like they, they, <laughs> what, what people don't understand is is like they 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 get so many samples and they just you know throw it in a box. Right. After a while, they're Cumulate. like, "Fuck it, here." Uh, a, we, am I we, still on camera? We we we. What's that? Am I still on camera? Not not at the moment. Okay. We 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 ate at um, B two B tonight. Yeah, and uh, I was like, "Great oh. place to eat." I was like, uh, "Hey, we have the uh, like you guys have the new seven uh, K IPA." Yeah. They're all. No, no, that hasn't been released yet. And we're like, oh, yes, well, it has. Last Friday, it's two delicious. Ago. And they're like, well, we haven't gotten it yet. <laughs> <laughs> so lucky to, to have tried that. But now that it's released, I'll definitely get some. Okay, yeah. Are we going to take this break? I'm going to pee are. my pants. Uh, you can uh, give me a second if you can. Now. Let me find Billy Singh. So we have some stuff to, to promote. Uh, you can actually get up and go to the bathroom. Yeah, really, really, really want to. It's not a big, big deal. Um, so, Smiley, do you have anything to promote? Um, the uh, the TV show that I'm oh Midnight Texas is Midnight coming Texas out. Midnight Texas is coming out. When are we? Are we gonna? Do we? Should we do a thing? Like, sh- when is it coming out? Um, I think uh, I'm. It, it comes out on Monday the twenty eighth. Okay. Um, should we do like something like kind of talk about it? Maybe binge watch it somewhere? Or what, we should what, probably wait. Let's make a big thing about it. Or no, why not? Um, well, because I don't show up until like that's episode fine. like three or four. But we kind of want to get it. I don't. I don't want to be like, oh, there you are. I have no idea what this show's about. Actually, that is a good point. Also, <laughs> um, everyone that worked on that show had a really great time, and um, so tell people to watch it because you and, might be back. And it's not. It's it. It hasn't been definitively uh, greenlit for a second season. In fact, it was supposed to have come out in the spring. Yeah. But if it takes off... But uh, I definitely want the series to come out. So uh, that comes out Monday the 28th. is the premiere of Midnight Texas. Definitely watch it. And the better ratings it gets, the more... I mean, we know several people that would love to work on the show again. Sure, 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 sure. So when is it? September 23rd, we have the podcast festival at... um, Albuquerque Press Club. Albuquerque Press Club. I invited myself. You are definitely welcome. Uh, I would love all the help I could get because I'm I'm running the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. I'm not. I mean, I'm not running. I'm not in charge of the event, but I'm in charge of like the production part of it, like the backline, because I just don't. I don't understand. Like you know. Well, I do understand. I, I, I get it. I have, I have your back on that. I get it because I'm like, yeah, you'll probably have to do some of it. So my thing is, is like we're sitting there, like you know, trying to talk about this whole thing and. They're talking about like every podcast setting up and breaking down and setting up, and I was like, "Why would we do that? Why that wouldn't we just backline the whole would, thing? I could put take up hours." And they're like, "Well, how many microphones can you run?" I'm like, six. Who has more than six people? You know, I don't really, you know, understand that. And yeah. I could probably actually hook up my our other mixer and run four more. Oh, our travel mixer, yeah, yeah. We yeah, could yeah. probably run. Uh, Nine, if we needed to, but yeah. I mean, there's no fucking way you need a podcast with nine fucking people. No, that'd be chaos. So I was like, I'll backline it with six. I've got a PA, I've got you know cameras, I've got microphones, I got everything. And everybody's like, oh, all right then. I'm and like, you have people know how to use. It makes them. no fucking sense. So the September 23rd press club, um, but I, I might say, hey, we're late. We're the late, <laughs> late show. We're the one of the, the headliners. Just want to say, I'm gonna. I may request that. Just saying. Well, yeah. uh, I I just showed up on it showed up on uh, Facebook today that 
uh, one year ago today was our 10-year anniversary. Yeah, it is actually our birthday. I forgot about that. 11 so years. 11 fucking years, man. 11 years of uh, Tendrick Minimum. Who, who's a teenager? Who's Ooh. a good little teenager? Oh. No fucking shit, man. We are old as shit. <laughs> so we're in there. We got all new, all new. Thank you to people who did the uh, the, the donated so money so much. So right now, the first, well, not the first. We have a thing that actually, if you look on the camera over there, smiley, there's a thing that holds the cable in place. That's one of the things that got bought, so that the I cable just doesn't free hang there and gets kicked out. So now it can't be kicked out and break the camera. Um, that's one of the things we got. We've got all new mic cables. We have yes. five new ten foot mic cables. Uh, coming soon, we'll have stickers, we'll have shirts, we'll have business cards, and another microphone like this. Yes. Yeah. A new one. Ones. All things that are coming. Thank you so much for that. And then uh, we have HempFest 2017 coming up. Uh, it is August 19th. I need to go sign the uh, paperwork for that. We are going to be, our booth will be right next to the Alibi. So, other than that, that's it, man. I think that's all I got right now. <sighs> Except to, I always have something in my brain, so I have another. I have something else, but I, it, it's in the works. It'll so, come to you next. No, time. no, it's 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 gonna work. It's gonna happen. It'll happen. Should I figure out where we're gonna do it at? Maybe the winter. Maybe the end of the year. Mm. Underground. That's all oh, I'm gonna we're say. still working on that. That's all one? I'm gonna say. I know what it is. That's gonna happen. It's gonna happen. I but I gotta I get privy to this because I have no clue what's going on. Oh, we'll tell you off the air. All right, cool. So I want to thank you guys for listening. Definitely uh, add us on Facebook. Go to facebook.com forward slash ten drink. That's where we do our live show. If you're listening to the podcast, you're always like, How do I catch a live show? Um, we do have a website, tendrinkminimum.com. I need to update it. I apologize for not doing that. I'm slow. Add us on iTunes. Go on there and subscribe. Give us a review. Fuck it, you know? We are who we are. And what is this show about? The show's about stories. That's what it is about. I'm Chris, and I'm a storyteller. Uh, I want to thank Chase for doing the show, Anji for doing the show. Stick around for the Wavy Hour. We got James here with us. Yeah, we'll we'll try to be less serious, I promise. Um, So when people who don't watch Game of Thrones, all two of you, can, you know, tune in. Uh, we definitely drink we do this show you should as well but always remember never, never get, get too drunk, drunk to jerk 10 drink minimum dot com for us what could be better how do you do that take a place on I'm back to my dream of dream of starting my days next to your skin chase it chase it all what's it your face is when I to park at me Walk with me To the corner of Richmond Your pockets line So they won't be For all the years back I came away strong There was no use to crawl Until you had us down I'll speak in all wishes For the things They could be better Don't assume mine But I'll just wait high The world's a ball And I, and I want it To save a portion for us What could be better How do you do that To the place on I'm back to my dream of Dream of starting My days next to Oh, I'm looking for
Just a slice of what we have 